Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and with me as ever is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David, and hello whoever is still listening to this podcast. Yeah. Episode 181. 181. I mean, that's a lot of our lives. That is uh, it's something like 1,400 in dog episodes. It, I mean, and, uh, yeah. And those dog episodes are terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's very few dog films to talk about. Well, are there 181 dog films? There's Buddy in the background. He looks very tired. I mean, there was a time when Buddy the dog would run around excitedly, but no, he's become accustomed to this podcast. <laughs> there's nothing new for him here anymore. Hey, but I'll tell you what is new. What's the, that? The jazzy film Fandango logo that David oh, made. Oh, things are changing around here. We've got some changes. Um, you may have noticed there uh, may or may not be adverts before and after the podcast. Do not worry. That is simply so that we can keep going um, but I hope it's not too annoying it's not annoying is it I mean it's all good I prefer the adverts to the podcast if you ask me yeah if you'd like to go back and listen to those again then feel free I mean they're of higher production quality well I don't know I don't, I don't know what they might be I'm guessing I've not listened to I'm them. quite worried about what. who would it could be something really derogatory That. what do you mean what would be a derogatory product um, um, incontinence pants no, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm trying to think of a derogatory product. Murder knives. Knives only made to murder people with. You try and cut your steak with them and they just don't work. They end up in your own throat. They only stab. Yeah. <laughs> they can't cut, only stab and... Larwood stabby knives. Yeah. I'd buy some. Um, um, but this isn't us rambling on about stabby knives. We're going to talk about films. Hooray. Uh, we're going to talk about some new releases and then uh, also some things you can check out online or streaming services or DVD or wherever you watch your films these days. The local video store, if you're lucky enough. You went to the very first opening screening of a film. I did. I went to the one minute past midnight screening of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Why is it... First of all, can we talk about why is it one minute past midnight? Because, technically, I think, they uh, can only release the film on uh, the Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so, the cinema is only allowed to screen it on the Thursday because they've signed something saying they won't pre-release it. So, they stay open to for a film they think and, lots of people will come to. And were just showing it one screen? Uh, yeah, one screen at one minute past midnight. But there was... Yeah. How many people were there? It was full. You're kidding. No, it was full. Where was it? it this was in Islington, in Angel. Did you, when did you book your ticket for it? Uh, only the afternoon before. Okay. So it wasn't, you know, pack-pack. You, the, the IMAX did the exact same thing uh, for the 3D showing at the IMAX, and that was sold out days before. And was it 15 quid or something stupid? 12 quid. 
That's London price. That's all right. I went to see it in 2D. I was not going to go and see it in 3D. They didn't show it in 3D in another screen. They did. Sorry, there was. There was another screen in 3D as well, which I assume was full as well. I bet that was more money. Yeah, it was. About 15, 16 quid probably. Mm, Well, for those of you interested in the uh, monetary side of it, uh, or even explained that, um, so that must have been odd, was it? coming out of the cinema at three o'clock in the morning yeah there was a guy with a trolley I have not seen this before like on trains he had a uh, like concessions trolley in the cinema which was selling booze and it had menu tabs on the side wow and you know selling minstrels was that because the actual um, popcorn stores were closed no I think it's because in that cinema you have to walk so far down corridors to get to the screens that people before the film starts aren't going to bother going back so he sat there until the trailer started, then he just toddled off with his little squeaky trolley. Did he get, take much business? Uh, no, we waited for him to leave because he was right in front of us and then took out the sweets we bought with us from Tesco. <laughs> like everyone does. Like yeah. everyone. My local uh, news agent does a bag of salted and a bag of sweet popcorn for a pound. Yeah. Whereas this, the Odeon, that costs... Seven quid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven to- and they and them and that's my local news agents who aren't ashamed about putting their prices up for quite a lot of goods. <laughs> Do you have a beef with your local news agent? Yeah, but uh, to think that the cinemas are making, I, I want to know what the percentage they're making on popcorn. Mm. It must be one of Huge. the biggest turnovers in the hit in the history of the world. I mean, they feed chicken corn, don't they? I mean, it's one of the cheapest foodstuffs known to man, right? And they just heat it up, put some butter in it. That's it. Like it, it, the the markup on uh, popcorn must be astronomical. Well, for those who are interested in popcorn, that is that section. That's I suppose we should talk about the film. Eh? Yes. Okay. Um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. They did not change the title for the British market. I heard Age Ru- of who? Ultron. 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 Uh, now, um, they didn't change the title for the British market. They now trust us that we know who the Avengers are, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Um, this. Film, if you haven't been uh, following this, is oh, I haven't. the for the it's the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, which is this ongoing enormous plan to have separate franchises of solo movies about superheroes, and then every now and again they have this big sort of end of term party of a film where all of the stars of their own movies are in an ensemble piece called The Avengers. So we had the first one with Avengers Assemble. And it's got it's uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Evans is uh, Captain America, and Chris Hemsworth's Thor, and Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is the favourite, and then you've got you've got Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, and uh, you can got, I predict what happens? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. They all get together. Yes. Uh, something goes badly wrong. Some bad guy tries to take over the earth. Yeah. Uh, they think they're going to lose. Someone gets injured. No one actually. None of the superheroes get killed. They come back and fight the bad guy at the end, and everything is back to normal again. I'm going to tell. I won't spoil it, but you're wrong. Someone dies. No, I'm not telling you, but I'm, you weren't correct in all of your. Uh, Someone there. dies. A big superhero dies. I'm not telling you. It'll be the made-up superhero. It'll be the sort of the minor superhero. Oh, here comes. <laughs> Oh, Minor Man. What is it? Oh, oh, here comes Pigeon Man. I've not heard of Pigeon Man before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, he, he's got a really sensitive and caring backstory. What yeah. a lovely wife and kids he's got. And what did Pigeon Man, what did Pigeon Man do? <laughs> he sort of wakes people up in the morning and he can stand on train tracks. His thing is flapping feet. head first into danger yeah. without knowing the odds. He can sh- he can shit from three up and <laughs> uh, any six up in the air and hit anything. 
uh, mainly on get, get some people's legs. But oh, oh, what's the prize? Pigeon man dies. <laughs> it's not what happens. But um, for those of you who don't who don't know, the plot revolves around Tony Stark, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Um, wanting to create a artificial intelligence that can control a load of remote robots. Everything's about drones these days in American uh, yeah. mainstream culture. Um, that can protect the Earth from alien invasion, but it goes wrong. Uh. And he ends up creating Ultron, which is a self-replicating AI played by James Spader. Self-replicating? As in he can make more of himself and be in all of them at the same time. Well, he, does he bum himself? Um, no, he just sort of tinkers away. He's got factories and stuff. Um, for the... I think this is the best villain they've had. It's something Marvel's films have actually been lacking. Their villains have often been very, you know, just sort of off the peg, just like, I'm evil and I want to do a thing. This one has personality. And that comes from Joss Whedon being in charge of it. He's written and directed it. I don't know if you're a fan of Buffy or Firefly or no, any I'm, of those actually, things. No, actually, Firefly, the film was very good. Uh, Ser- yeah, Serenity. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah. It is good. It's better if you've seen the 12 episodes of the series. Because okay. he actually was like, oh, I want to resolve all the stuff I was building up to. And they've, they've, they've the cancelled my series. So we did it in the film. That was crowdfunding thing, wasn't it? Or, was it, or partially no, crowdfunding? No, it wasn't crowdfunded, I don't okay. think. ignore that, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you've got all of these guys who you've spent hours with. If you've if you're a completist, then you've watched all of the films, and they come completist, together. Completist, never worth a loser. Well, um, <laughs> I enjoy this. I enjoy this genre. Um, I this isn't the best example of it, and by this I mean the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they don't make terrible films. I have seen all of them. Um, that the event was so all far. right. The first one was all right. This one is slightly better than that film. Oh, okay. So uh, they've gone more in depth into the characters. You get to know more about them. Joss Whedon's uh, emphasis was not to make the mistake of going uh, for the sequel. We'll just add more characters with more powers. For the sequel, we're going to go deeper rather than wider and get to know them a bit better. Some the people stu- like it deep. Some people like it wide. That's exactly that's exactly the truth, and that's the tagline of the uh, the film. <laughs> Avengers: Age of Ultron. Some like it deep. Some like it wide. Um, the studio has clearly interfered a lot, and he has. He has. He looks so tired these days from trying to make a good movie with all of that intervention. They still don't know the same as the first one, which sounds like you've seen it. Uh, they still don't know what to do in the middle of a story. In the opening setup, you know the inciting incident, and all, you know, oh no, yeah. there's a bad man and he's going to do things. Yeah, he has decided to do those things. And that will then pay off in the final set piece when they try and take him on. And in the middle, they're just sort of going, uh, kill, he, kill he could fight him, that would be quite cool. Uh, oh no, we've got to go to another location. It's still all of that. But the sequences are tremendous fun. The characters are, uh, they've all grown on me actually. Even Jimmy Bobo, who has previously been rubbish. Um, Jimmy Bobo? Jeremy Renner, who plays uh, Hawkeye. He's, he's a guy with a bow and arrow standing next to some gods. Like, it's weird um, but you know they've tried to do a bit more with him all of it feels though I don't think ensemble films work particularly without your leading person in it so for instance The Goonies is an ensemble piece Yeah, yeah. you've got Sean Astin as the main guy whose story it is and he 
the group is part of his life. Um, the first X-Men film that Brian Singer made, you, it's all about the X-Men. You've got all of the fun of all their different powers and stuff. It's about Wolverine. This one isn't about anyone, and neither was the first one. And that sort of, for me, is the, is where it falls is down. Is Samuel L. Jackson being annoying in it? Yeah, he's there with no real authority or abilities or anything. He's just Samuel L. Jackson in an iPad showing up again. Who is he? Nick, who is he? Nick, Nick Fury, Fury yeah. head of Shield, which no longer exists. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, do you watch Game of Thrones or any of these shows? Do 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 I do. I like singing along to it. I've watched all of um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Turn it off after that. Up until what I all I do is when they're doing do 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 do. Uh, and I pretend to be a horse and, yes. and then I stop until that doo-doo bit comes on again and I pretend boom, to go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. steady, steady. if you watch Game of Thrones it's quite nice because the, the the titles are very long and they they feel like a horse don't they and bit? then watch if you pretend to be a horse through the titles it really goes a, a lot faster I'll try that next, and you find next it's like Monday a little bit out of breath <laughs> um, and th- therefore heightening your enjoyment of the rest of the programme right well, what I'm what I'm getting at is what I'm getting at is that the ensemble is starting to f- uh, the ensemble movie of the Marvel universe is starting to feel like Game of Thrones in that it's just cascading events rather than a story. That's what happens with, with the books. I started reading the Game of Thrones books. Um, there's a lot of epic books. The characters all start off together. Once mm. they start spreading around the world. You end up just getting oh here's a chapter on Barry who's in the and it becomes so forest it becomes so popular here like... here's Julian who's uh, in the on going the mountain yeah. and they're so um, distant from each other you forget what's happened to Barry yeah you just say oh no Barry's upset that his girlfriend's run away that's not yeah. a story that's a soap opera you know and it's wow. just endless cascading events and they know how to create the problem and they know how to solve it at the end and in the middle it's become soap opera and much like life much like life. It, it maybe it's just a different style of storytelling, but I find it less satisfying. There are some lovely pieces in there, and none of them are then run with. You know, they're they're embraced for the length of a scene and then abandoned for another one because every character has to have their bit, and so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't build to anything. You never get in a, a film. A proper film should have these. Feel like a roller coaster where you know there's an event that was just incredible and stood out above all of the others and and little events cascading to that and then it took you somewhere you weren't expecting and all of this and everything that happens in these films feels like it's got exactly the same impact because nothing really builds on anything else. So what happens to Pigeon Man? Pigeon Man, uh, you're quite right, he dies. <laughs> Um, uh, when you came out of the cinema yes. were people saying oh it was so great or were the people saying oh I, w- I want to go to bed I think well it was 3am so I think they wanted to go to bed but um, no it was it was it was really good my reaction I mean I don't know if this is spoilers they're all such good characters actually the 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 makeup of the Avengers is really fun and but there's all these aff- aff- ephemeral sort of side characters the sidekicks basically and everyone's contract is coming to an end so you've got these charismatic megastars basically Robert Downey Jr. being the obvious one but then you know um, uh, Chris Hemsworth is very very watchable as Thor and you've got uh, the Hulk as well and all of their contracts are coming to an end so sort of towards the end you go hang on is, is the next one just going to be 
the sidekicks, who are no way near as exciting. Who plays the Hulk? Uh, the Hulk is... Uh, oh, God. You're testing me there. I can look him up, don't worry. Oh, Hayley Atwell's in it as well. Yeah, as a ghost. Idris Elba. Oh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Oh, he's very good, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. He's the best thing in it. Actually, the most interesting thing in this is Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson doing some acting as actual characters. And oh, Paul Bettany's in it. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen, she's very good in Muck Marley, Marcy, Mabelie, Marlene. Yeah, she's one of the new characters they've added for this. She's a very good actor. Along with her twin, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, playing Idris Quicksilver. Idris Elba's in it. Yeah. He was in Thor, you see. He's a character from the oh, Thor I universe. Oh, I know, yeah. And Andy Serkis. I mean, he's just made a career out of just... He's playing a p- human in this. I know, but that ping p- you do ping pong balls for long enough, stick them to you and do that, you'll get a, you'll get a job in the real thing. He's Mr. Ping Pong. Is that who he plays? He's, no, he he plays a, a sort of arms dealery weird man. Um, this, it also suffers from clearly, you know, setting out things that are going to be paid off in later films, which means there's a lot of guff in there that doesn't need to be in this story. Anyway, I've sort of talked around it. It's thoroughly enjoyable. If you liked The Avengers, you will like this. It's slightly better, in my opinion. I thought The Avengers was overrated. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, while we're talking all this sci-fi rubbish, hmm. uh, what do you think of the new Star Wars trailer? I'm quite excited. I mean, I still don't really... Will, I'll never fully trust again. But I grew up loving Star Wars, you know. I was utterly obsessed with it, you know. The house was always covered in Star Wars toys. And, you know, we'd go down to jumble sales uh, to buy more from parents who were sick of having them everywhere. And we'd buy, like, a bin bag full of Millennium Falcons for 20p. Uh, wow, so that's we, a, we that, had, was, that was a problem, wasn't it? Because you can never have a do... You never have a real battle because you you could, wouldn't get more than one stormtrooper. You couldn't say, can I have five stormtroopers? Yeah, I had five Lando Calrissians and only one stormtrooper, um, <laughs> which is a bit weird. I don't know how that works. I, again, jumble sales is probably... I did have two Millennium Falcons. I had the Atat, you know, the big sort of metal dog from yeah, the yeah. Empire. Anyway, um, so it looks like it's back to its spiritual heartland, really, after the, the colossal mistakes of George Lucas with the... Reboot, so that's good. Whether I trust J.J. Abrams, I think I do. I don't like the Star Trek reboots at all. I think J.J. Abrams is. I, I love Super Eight. It was great. Super Eight's excellent. I think Mission Impos- Impossible Three is fantastic as well. So, uh, not fantastic. It's good. Um, it it made me excited to see it. Yes. Well, how first? Sorry, how many Davies did you give the Avengers? Ooh, six or seven, I think. Which one is it going to be? Six and a half. You, you can't seven. I'll give it seven. Business. You started the. I know, didn't business. someone? A guest came in, and they said half, and I thought, Do you know what, you're not coming back again if you start. <laughs> it's, it's ten. It's not ten. Not enough for you if you start introducing halves, try and try and make yourself stand out from everyone else. There's ten. Everyone knows it's ten. I think this is you've been really polite listening to me talking about superhero films, and you've just let all your anger out on. Something completely different. I'm not looking at you now because I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at the letters. Okay, who's written in? Well, Eric C. Spate has written in. Oh, he's from Germany. He's given us a whole load of questions. Um, uh, he's half German, half French. Do you want to give that a go? And uh, no, I want you to. I can't do French. Well, now's a good time to try and learn. <laughs> 
And I thought maybe we'd answered a couple of his questions. He's written so many good ones. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. It's half German, half French. I mean, you could just read... So do a bit of German for me. This is a German accent. Oh, I could just do my Henning Venn impression. Okay. I'll buy the Queen Mary for the problem is that they are too many English people and they are always late. <laughs> um, and what and do French? French is... Je suis français, I'm a little bit arrogant. Um, why don't you do the first half German, half French? One sentence German, one sentence French. Um, okay, we will start with German. It's uh, Dear David and Merrick, and, und, und, und Merrick, I'm a big fan of your show and uh, like your style very much. If you watch the shitty movie, you'll come straight to the point with uh, no beating around the bushes. <laughs> Uh, I'm a podcaster myself. Uh, since 2006, I work with friends uh, about the latest movie we have. I talk with friends, rather, about the latest movie we have seen in the sneak preview. I am not sure if you know this uh, format. Uh, it's a, um, ja, yeah, it's a special screening in the cinema where you don't know which film you're going to see. Uh, I go there every week since 2000 and since 2006 I discuss in the podcast about the movies we have seen. Uh, but unfortunately for you, except for two episodes, it is in German only. Uh, since 2009 I live in Stuttgart, home of Mercedes-Benz and Porsche, and do a show together with my friend Alex. Uh, I got nominated for the Leapster Award, which is a charming chain letter from blogs and podcasters in Germany. Here you can find an explanation in English about this. And he's put a link. He's just he's plugged his show so far. He's just plugged his show. I mean, that's it. Uh, we move down to uh, Eric's uh, questions, which are very good, as we mentioned earlier. So, Marek, I'm going to ask you uh, one or two of these, I think. Uh, number one. Yes. Uh, do you want German or French? The German. Uh, the German. What was your first time in the cinema without parents? Which movie was the cinema? Um, without pe- well, I wasn't other people's parents. I was kidnapped. Behind their backs. I was kidnapped. <laughs> I went to a party to see E.T. for someone's birthday party. Yeah. So I was 1982, so I was six years old. Or it may have been Fire who came out before June. So I watched E.T. It was very good. And then I went with... When did... I went to, on a date with a girl to see The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Really? I couldn't really ever enjoy it because I thought, I don't know what the protocol here is. Of Are you supposed to put your arm around? Because all you know is just all the cliches of cinema. Yeah. But I'm on a date... And in the cliches cinema. of cinema, it always goes wrong as well. Yeah. You... But they, they, you you feel like you should put your arm around them, even though that's the least. I think I've never ever since tried to put my arm around a girl in the cinema because it's really uncomfortable. It's like putting your arm around someone whilst walking. It yeah. just becomes awkward after a bit. Cause but it's I like... thought I've got. I was supposed to put my arm around her, and I was really thinking about having to do that. And I was supposed to snog at the cinema because that's what they do in films. Oh no, but, that's awful. But I didn't thought, and I was sitting there thinking, "You're supposed to do this," but this seems like a really bad. Place to try and kiss someone or put your arm around yeah, someone. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? Are, are you still with this girl? I was fourteen at the time. Did it um, go? That, did it go well? No, I don't think I, I didn't kiss her or put my arm around her, oh. and I, would, I didn't really enjoy the movie, or the film either. Well, you I, must have been very nervous, very tense. Yes, I was. I was 
confused and I felt conflicted. And I didn't. I wanted to watch the film, but I had all this external peer pressure. Well, it only existed in my own mind from what I perceived as the normal behaviour in the cinema. Which, when it came to trying to act on it, it was bloody impossible, David. Oh, no. And there are some sort of uh, the sexual tension scenes in that as well, which I imagine would be difficult to watch if you yourself were feeling those uh, emotions. You know, when he he uh, sort of when Venus, yeah, he runs off with Uma Thurman, who's Oliver Reed's wife in it, doesn't he? Yeah, good scene that though, dancing in the in the. I mean, uh, the film was a mess. Guy. The film was a real. Mess. I love that film. I love it. It is a mess. You're right, but I think in the best way. Uh, well, you can ask me number two in a French accent. David, which movie, which movie posters were at your bedroom? Were at your? I speak. He's explaining it's a movie English. Isn't that bad? He's taught himself from listening to podcasts. I do it again. Wow. Uh, which movie posters were at your bedroom wall in your childhood, stroke youth? Uh, which movie posters are on my bedroom wall? I remember I had. Um, I had a Leon poster. I was a big fan of oh, Leon. Oh, yeah. Great film. You know, that, that red kid, and black one where it's... Uh, I had that at my uh, university, but I am six years older than you. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lot older. Well, I'll tell you what I did older. have on uh, my bedroom wall, which uh, when I was a lot younger, is uh, the boxes from Star Wars figures and uh, the vehicles, more importantly, okay. cut into little bits. So, like, the Death Star on that bit and then a bit of a B-wing and all the bits to mm. make a B-wing. So completely uh, devaluing, making sure nobody could ever profit from the box of that toy ever again. But yeah, big sort of collage of Star Wars stuff, as I said, properly into it. Hmm. There you go. I'm going to ask you another one. Okay. Do you have a crush on, on someone? The crush that's your pick on the movie. Which one do you choose to test if you have... Unsimilar taste in the movies. <laughs> um, which film would I pick to test? That is a good question. It is a good question. Oh, similar taste in films. This is how people buy time on daytime quiz shows. It's very true. They, you, just they say, the "Okay, so we've this quiz show only." If you were to just give the answers, the whole. Quiz show would last two minutes, so we want you to repeat the question, or then if you show your working, if you okay. can actually think about it, say explain why you've chosen this answer. Mm. Um, do that for two or three minutes, and we'll be able to get a twenty-three minute program out of something about a format which pretty much does not exist. <laughs> this paper thin television show. I think I've mentioned it before. A friend of mine took a girl to see the Human Centipede on a date. And oh, I mean that's just a dick, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a terrible just... move. But if you both hated it, that would that sort of an inverse way of doing this. I but suppose. that'd be the, the, I I think that I'd be too scarred by that. Yeah, probably. I mean, it is a horrible and bad film. Um, what's one of my? You don't want to take a, to a horror film because they think either you're mental or a pervert trying to get someone scared. I don't know. So they feel you think you think people don't trust that. I mean, sort of, some people like the game of being scared together. You know, it just the, yeah. oh, hold my hand, protect me. A good action film. I mean, something like Be- I uh, Beverly Hills Cop would be a good one to take someone to. Yeah. A Do you not fun... think everyone likes Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, though, exactly. So. Uh, what about Trading Places or something like that? That'd That's be a quite good. good. One. What, uh, what film do I know that not many other people like? 
uh, Tim and Eric. <laughs> that is a really good one. Yeah. That Tim and Eric film, which I thought was brilliant, and then some of you dickheads didn't like it. Well, they probably stopped listening <laughs> to the podcast now. Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. That is my choice. Okay, awesome. Well, let's have one more question for you, and then we'll we'll leave these for another podcast. It's good we've got these. Uh, thank you, Eric. Um, Eric Von, what's his name, Von? Uh, at the bottom. At the bottom, is it? Eric uh, Von Kinocast. That's not his name. Kinocast means cinema cast. Oh, it's Eric Spater. Eric Spater. Eric C. Spater. Um, okay. In your opinion, what's the best song in a movie which were not specifically created for this movie? Not specifically created? For the movie. So, like, jukebox soundtracking. Which, uh, what's the best it's like choice? what your favourite song is, isn't it? It's not air. Uh, I think Drive has got a brilliant soundtrack. Was that made for it, or was that... Uh, look, Cliff Martin did some of them, but some of the songs on there, I think, weren't, weren't made for it. Uh, this this is it's not answering the question, but it's made me think of um, the Radiohead song "Exit Music" for a film, which was commissioned for uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, but they didn't use it. They used one of their other uh, tracks from the same album instead, so they bunged it on their album. Little 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 factoid. Little, little interesting thing. Mm. Yes. If you want to repeat that in the pub to other people, I don't know, Eric. I, I don't know, Eric, and I don't care. Yeah, well, sorry, nothing, nothing coming to mind with that one. But well, thank I, you for your questions, and have Eric. A listen, if you're German, listen, I want to listen to sneak preview. Sneak preview and a German film podcast. Uh, we don't know what it's like. It might be about snuff films. Who knows? We do not vouch for it. But I'm sure if those questions are anything to go by, I think it's going to be pretty good. Well, if you'd like to write in and propose a discussion for us, then do so at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can talk to one another on our Facebook page, forward slash filmfandango. Or you can go to Twitter, at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Marek Larwood. Um, now, uh, we've talked about a new release. Now let's talk about a film uh, that everyone can go and see in their spare time, not at the cinema, Marek. This is a film that's been recommended to us. Yeah. Someone, and I can't find who, two podcasts ago, recommended this film. I'm unable to find it because I am, what in in, um, modern day terms you would call, a dickhead. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, uh, what is the film? I've got it. It's Jack Stewart recommended it. Thank you, Jack Stewart. He recommended a documentary uh, called The Punk Syndrome which is about four mentally handicapped, I don't know if you can say it anymore, uh, uh, p- um, Finnish men who uh, are put in a group as part... Well, the backstory is you don't really see this as part of it. They start playing guitar as part of their therapy mm. and one of the carers or support workers decides they make a good band and they've got a Finnish pop band. It's a documentary. They, following them as they go and play at, at gigs and they're called Perties. As usual, I'm messing up every single pronunciation. And you might be frustrated listening to this. When I listen back to it, I really hate myself. It's called Pertie's Name Day, named after one of the people in the band. And there's four of them. And they're okay. all quite... One of them is sort of autistic who plays the bass. Uh, there's one of them... Uh, <laughs> the lead singer has got a brilliant death metal voice. And... <laughs> 
they just sing songs about how they hate being in care and and the lyrics don't the lyrics are so simplistic they're really really funny and it follows them going round playing these different gigs and each of their personalities there's no real big story to it but they are just uh, some of the difficulties that difficulties they face and they're quite odd characters and one of them actually goes and ends up meeting the Finnish Prime Minister and they become really really popular in Finland and they actually won since this documentary came out in 2012 uh, they won the Finnish bid to represent the country at Eurovision I heard about that so yeah. you may well be so what year is that is that when when's next year is it every year Eurovision yeah it, I think it's we're very close it's in about Two or three weeks' time. Great. Well, then we should all try and track down Punk Syndrome before then. So yes, we've got a bit of backstory. Yes, you can see Purty's name day. I think that would help them. Um, he's a <laughs> he's a lead guitarist who writes the songs with one finger on his typewriter while the singer dictates it to him. <laughs> uh, I think one of the reasons I watch this is because I, I, I teach um, a mentally handicapped drama group on Tuesday afternoons of people, adults who are 40-plus, um, and it is the funniest not laughing at them but laughing with them the funniest hour and a half I have it's funnier than any comedy comedy show I've seen It just seeing them just suddenly go off on one and getting them to interact <laughs> and they just say things that are funny because they're so innocent they've got not, and they haven't got their sort of social boundaries other people have yes uh, and they seem just more interesting characters because they're not forced into sort of behaving in a certain way where what they think is right because they don't know what is right yes um, so I thought this was going to be fu- based on my experience for that hour and a half on you know Tuesday afternoons I thought this was going to be hilariously funny in yes. terms of they would go mental for no reason and start singing weird stuff and I did laugh out loud a few times but was I was a little bit disappointed because I thought it would be brilliant and and it wasn't it was more sort of it was interesting. You found it more mundane than that, or? yeah. It was it was interesting. I don't think they were the the most interesting characters I, I've seen from, you know. In I liked it when they talked about they showed them interacting with other people it was interesting, and they had a certain amount of footage they had. I wondered how long they've been following them for. Maybe think I think the the uh, a good documentary has to have almost years and years. Yeah. Like American movie, which I always bang on about, my favourite documentary. How many years is American movie over? About two. He goes to see them about for two or three years. Yeah, yeah. You get a real sense of time, and you the story evolves from that. And this feels that you don't see the sort of birth of the band and the and the the end product. I would love to have seen this if it had them with the Eurovision Song Contest competition as the story. Yeah, that's you true. They should have held off. Maybe maybe someone behind the scenes was hoping to buy them support if it was released before. Well, I, I think this, is, this was released before. It was released 2012. That's what I mean. So, oh, so, oh yeah. no, like quite some time before. Yeah. 2012, okay. So I, th- I would love to have seen it, this documentary expanded following them through these years to the Eurovision Song Contest. That would have been great. And hopefully somebody's doing that if they win yes. it or that would be what Because sometimes the documentaries don't necessarily... You can, just like we talked about this before, you can follow something and there may be no narrative, or it could be like the overnight is where this thing happens, and yes. suddenly you've got this amazing narrative twist 
because you can never fabricate it. Yeah, they when Louis Theroux was talking to the Hamiltons when that whole scandal broke and he was in their house at the time. I mean, he just lucked out that that would become the scandal that defined them. They yeah. were already strange figures in the British political scene, but he just happened to be there when the one thing that would actually, you know, tar them for a long time broke. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know if you call it luck. For the documentary filmmaker, I suppose it is, but it certainly makes for a more interesting story. Yeah, if you could compare it to Anvil to this, Anvil feels as though there's a lot more time and a lot better story in it. It's more, yes. more interesting. But then there's the investigative quality as well. Not all documentaries are just follow these people and they're interesting enough, they'll hold your attention, let's hope something even more interesting happens. You get ones like Searching for Sugar Man, where they've actually gone looking for an answer to a question, and those those can be quite satisfying, yeah. if they find an answer. If they don't, then it's that, I'm presume, I, I mean, presumably people's IMAX must be full of footage of documentaries they tried and they failed because it, there was no interesting solution yeah. or no one left alive who knew anything about it or whatever yeah. it is an interesting documentary and there are funny interesting characters and I really enjoyed it uh, you can watch it on Vimeo who make those, those, those short films you can watch it on there for £2.01 I think I talked about it before yes. go and download it from there and um, um, why not it's, it's much better than a lot of films you'll go to the cinema to see and I think it shows you that you've got these people who are what amazes me is uh, some some of the mentally uh, I don't know if you can even use handicapped or not mentally disabled people can um, be incapable of doing certain things like you know remember to change their pants or interact with people in a certain way but then at moments they're they're really articulate mm. and they say things with a certain truth which you don't get from uh, uh, people who haven't got those disabilities some of the time and they can play guitar or do things that uh, are really that you wouldn't you, you don't associate that it's not it's not a blanket oh this person is alert is doesn't function on all levels they function on some different levels yes so it's quite interesting to watch anyway I, I was I think because I had experience teaching people and maybe I, I love the group I teach and I thought or I find them interesting I just thought of it. Oh, somebody did a documentary on my drama group. I would, I would, there are so many moments where, you know, they just sort of break, start to break into song or monologues or they go crazy or have arguments or they get things. The other week they were trying to, I get, trying to pretend to be rappers and one started playing for his rapper. He was, didn't know what it was. He started playing like a ukulele and singing just some sort of <laughs> 1950s song. George oh, Forby was a rapper. Yeah, they just go into speeches midway through uh, a, sort of a drama, uh, a sort of improvisation thing. They'll go, go off on one. And they're the best moments. They're really, really funny. One of them... It's <laughs> an example of how funny... That they were doing this in my drama group. We're going off on one now. Uh, this girl was trying to get them to do the song for a play by Dancing to Five. Right. And this guy called Robert was asking how many people were in the band five? <laughs> and we, <laughs> and we told him and he, we, thought, we thought he was joking yeah. and he continued to ask who was it, you know, and then he was, and he said, well, they, was it anything to do with nine to five? The song from Dolly, you know, this old tangents of, uh, that maybe... But m- most comedy have. writing is trying to replicate that way of thinking to surprise an audience. Yeah. I mean, that... It's, it's constantly surprising and sometimes I didn't feel it was surprising enough but it's just who you pick with your documentary things you yeah. don't 
But it sounds like you've enjoyed this film, whether you, you're slightly disappointed. I enjoyed it. I think I'm just disappointed because I had my own agenda going into yes. the film, which was different, and my own perception of that just how funny uh, and the funny stories of things that happen that maybe I, was, I thought I thought there'd be more of them in the in a documentary, which made me think in turn how long did the documentary makers have with them? Yes, because if they had a long time, I think they were, with these characters. They couldn't fail to get some brilliant material mm. because they're they're normally tons of stuff. But I give it uh, a six. So watch the Punk Syndrome before the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, you can watch online, um, and uh, it's great to have documentaries about this. It's uplifting to see you know people doing things they love and uh, trying to overcome disabilities. All that business. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think there's a, there's still there's still a sort of stigma attached to mental illness of all kinds, and it, we'd rather not talk about it or look at it. So just being able to sort of uh, experience this slice of life of these people's it's lives. It's nice to have a feel good documentary, and I think it's nice to watch one. Yes, um, great. Well, that's it for this week. Avengers: Age of Ultron now in cinemas, and Punk Syndrome now on Vimeo. Um, We'll be back next week. Keep watching Watching the the films. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.